Happy Monday. It is the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Halkern. As promised today, we will get to Jeff Leach to talk a little programmatic. As always, if you have questions, eric at mlive.com. And I hope you had a wonderful Halloween weekend. We'd love to see photos if you want to share them on Instagram or tag me or whatever you want to do with that. And without further ado, let's get into it. It's the Everything is Marketing podcast. Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. All right, it is the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Hulkern, and as promised, uh, I said that we would bring the Jeff Leach. You can get him on Twitter at the Jeff Leach uh, by to talk a little bit about programmatic because it is... Uh, Something I know about, but it is not at all my area of expertise. So uh, Jeff, who's um, uh, got a wealth of knowledge in targeting here at the MLive Media Group, I wanted to bring you in for a second. First of all, kind of set the stage as to what in God's name programmatic even is. And as marketers, what do we need to know and what, do we, what can we ignore, right? Can we cut the wheat from the chaff, so to, so to speak, and figure out what stuff matters when we're talking about programmatic and what stuff just is noise. So first of all, like, tell us what it is. Well, I mean, programmatic is a lot of different things, and, and even the industry is confused about that in sure. a lot of times. That's why you're uh, here. So Yeah. Uh, so programmatic at the basic level is just the automated process of buying and selling, right? So uh, I think that extends beyond just impressions advertising, but really is just the automated process of connecting basically two machines to each other to accomplish uh, the buying and selling of impressions advertising. And in some ways that might replicate if people, you know, maybe there's people listening here that will never have any interaction with programmatic, but in some ways it might resemble the ad version perhaps of the stock market, right? Is that sort of an apt way to describe it? Yeah, absolutely. And people have been, you know, have understood the search space a lot more. So, you know, in the search space, you don't have to call a human being to buy paid search advertising. <laughs> right. There's real-time bidding there too. You basically, you know, pay, uh, pay on a cost per click basis or whatever that might be. So you can do that yourself by uh, through software and technology. It's the same process here. So yeah, just like the stock market, you set a price you're willing to pay, uh, and then you bid on those impressions, and then you either win or lose those impressions, and you can do that all from your software, your computer. And so, you know, what are some of the things that you're seeing that are the best way to use programmatic? Because I know that when you're building campa campaigns yourself here, you're, it's not just the only thing, right? We're not just doing SEO. We're not just doing programmatic. We're not just doing paid search. We're not just doing sponsor content it's like a holistic approach so where does this fall into that holistic approach well to me and the way we've been using programmatic most often is to maximize the effectiveness and efficiency of any of your display or digital branding campaigns because pro uh, programmatic is not just standard display ads or mobile uh, it's getting into video and responsive rich media or high impact as well so really anything digital branding related uh, there should be a component of that in your marketing cam uh, campaign and as you're doing that you know utilizing these these technologies to maximize the performance of those is, is how you can do this but i mean the basic example is for a long time with national advertisers we've seen they have kind of a national programmatic uh, approach and then they also have also have a local uh, a local quality campaign so really it's always kind of about balancing 
uh, quantity and quality, right? So, uh, and that's where programmatic, I think, has some some time to catch up in terms of maximizing the quality of it because it's been uh, the tool you use to really capture as much inventory and find the right people. But um, really that balance between uh, quantity, efficiency, and also quality and conversions and, and reaching the right people on the right domains uh, is really that balance. So no matter what you're doing, whether you're utilizing programmatic or direct buys on publisher sites, you need to balance those two qualities. And you need to do that specifically in programmatic as well. And, and so um, the buzzword for the last probably 18, 19 months has been this this word content, right? You got to make content. Your site needs to make content. You need to produce sure. content, sponsor content, any you know organic content, native, native content. And I might be speaking a little bit out of turn, but when I look at these things and I see when you put up Loomiscapes, and if you haven't seen Loomiscapes, as I often say on this show, uh, GTS, so Google that <laughs> if you want to know what it looks like. But when you put these things up, it's this giant map of all of these things that connect between the seller and the customer that you're trying to reach is either a are we already here or do you anticipate a time on platforms like facebook that content will be the thing that we're bidding on like if if i'm looking for an article i know we were just talking about halloween like i'm looking for an article about I don't know, Halloween candy or where to get the best costume or what is the best costume that we're going to start. It won't even be how great the content is. It'll be who's outbidding whom to show up in the newsfeed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're already working with some of that stuff right now. I mean, uh, so there is the development of the quality of the content, just like in a display ad, there would be the quality of the creative, right? To, to inspire an engagement. So there's always that development, but then there's the, is that weighted in programmatic or is that weighted just in the eye of the consumer? No, that's weighted primarily in the eye of the consumer. Now there are some engagement metrics you can use to, um, you know, again, KPI performance that you can optimize for specific things, engagements and whatnot. But, um, but no, primarily there's the development of the creative development of the content, but then there's the distribution. Uh, programmatic to me is really just a term to, to talk about the connection, the distribution of content. Um, and again, that content could be a, a standard display ad or a mobile ad or a video ad or whatever that might be. But programmatic connects and, and allows that distribution. It doesn't really do, um, it has some tools, but it's not really designed necessarily for uh you know, again, uh, for the actual increasing of the engagements and things like that. There's other tools in that tech stack. Sure. So that Loomiscape is more than just the connection of the impression. And I think that's what's important. And to me, is the biggest differentiator in, in these programmatic discussions. It's not the ability to deliver or do programmatic. It is what are the tools and technologies you put in place to maximize that efficiency and effectiveness and the people you have behind them. So what are the, some things that we should look out for? Because if, if, I'm, I'm guessing... We deal a lot with scale here specifically, right? So we're dealing with clients that this is a part of their everyday lexicon. There's a lot to talk about programmatic and how to optimize and all of that stuff. But how do we know when it's our time to jump into programmatic? You know, if if we're starting a campaign and we're, you know, at one point we're a mom and pop ice cream shop and then we're two mom and pop ice cream shops and then we're six. Like where is that point that programmatic scales where it becomes worth investing in or, or even looking into? Well, I think that's the thing that's been changing. And, you know, what we've done, you know, uh, here and, and some other places is we've taken really national uh, technologies like this and brought it to the local level. I think it actually programmatic um, extends to every level of business because you want to reach people wherever they are. Sure. Programmatic allows you to do that. Um, you know, even when you have a really good website, your market penetration could be 50 percent. 
you know, you're not going to reach a whole lot more of that. So if you want to find those other 50% of those people, you need to look outside of those specific domains. Programmatic can help do that. But, you know, the things that you need to kind of watch out for and the things you need to know uh, when you're looking at that LumaScape, there's some things that pop out. You know, DSP is a demand side platform. Uh, that is the technology from a buyer's side that allows the ability to, to execute programmatic. So in order to do programmatic effectively, you have to have or have to be working with somebody uh, or a DSP directly. Um, you know, and those speak to... Is it expensive to go? It's got to be expensive to go it's direct. It's extremely right? expensive okay. to, go, um, to go that way. I mean, it's efficient, but it's extremely expensive right. to invest in some of those things. Right. So uh, a DSP, and again, it allows you to purchase inventory from the exchanges. You know, on the other side, and again, I encourage anybody listening here today to go look at the display ad Lumascape because it starts to, to paint this picture for you. Well, I would just to jump in, I would say as marketers, if you've never seen one of these things, you should be looking at it because even if your agency or your company isn't using this thing, it to me, the first time I saw it, it really opened my eyes to like behind the cloak of Harry Potter of how this stuff shows up. And, and not that I was naive to how an ad shows up on my phone, right? But in order to see essentially a highway map of how it does that, I think you should have a rudimentary understanding of how it goes from left to right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it took me a while, you know, even working at a publisher site to realize that not all of our inventory is sold. What's not goes to that SSP or a sales side platform, sure. ends up in the exchanges where all the inventory is bought and sold. So you reference the stock market, that exchange is where those impressions kind of live. You know, that's where the SSP puts them. That's where the DSP picks them up. And that's how the impressions kind of go from buyer to seller. You know, but, you know, to your point about the other things to look out for is that that just allows that impression to be put in front of somebody. It doesn't make it the right person, you know. So some of the other things we continue to talk about or look for are, you know, how do you get the right person? What's the right targeting that goes into that? Because there's no targeting when it comes to a DSP and, a, and, a, and an SSP. It's just the connection of inventory. Right. How do we find the right targeting? And that's where things like a DMP or a data management platform come into play. Um, we work with Lotomy, which allows us, you know, some different access to first and third party data, but, um, that allows you the ability to integrate really effective audience targeting to serve that ad to the right people. And those DMPs connect directly with those DSPs. And I know we're getting kind of nerdy on this stuff, but yeah. you asked, but I mean, th <laughs> but that's why I wanted to have you here because I, I think it's important to bring in other parts of the marketing ecosystem that people might have questions about. Cause I know that you've said on more than one occasion that not just because we're partners, but because of what you've seen on this platform, that Lotomy is your favorite in that area. And what about them do you like more than the other ones? I mean, there's a, you know, in the Lumascape, if you look, there's a million sure. to choose from. Why is this the one that you like? Well, and again, I mean, I'm pretty biased. I haven't, I haven't played around with a lot of other ones. So, I mean, I'd be, well, I'd be interested to know everybody else who's using a, a different DMP, sure. what they like about that. Obviously, I like it because of the interface I've used, but it also collects all of our own first-party data. And the access I've seen to third-party data has been pretty substantial. So we, through Lotomy, have access to more than 19 different branded data providers, which is what I get excited about because, uh, you know, I spoke with a, an agency who works for a large auto manu manufacturer, and they were using Polk Automotive data through Data Logics to find auto intenders. And that's great, but, you know, what about the people and the data that's not in Polk Automotive or right. in Data Logics? What about those people who might be in the market for a car? They are the right people, but you can't find them unless you're, you're using other data sources, which in our case, Lotomy allows us to do by reaching, again, 18 or 19 different other providers besides just Data Logics. Which is, which is, to me, the most interesting part about targeting is because once you start digging in and you start trying to play catch up, as I've been for the last year that I've been here, is 
there's this science behind the science. So you can, you know, to to kind of not dumb it down, but get it to like a manageable bite-sized piece as opposed to looking at a Lumascape, right? You can boil it down to, if you just want to play in the Facebook ad manager, you can kind of get a sense of what we're talking about, right? You can pick people in a certain geo at a certain age level that have certain behaviors that they've elected on Facebook in some way, shape, or form. So let's say, for example, we want to find men between 34 and 48 that like pizza, to finish your point, okay, well, Facebook, Facebook's only going to find the people that on Facebook have identified with some sort of piece of content that says pizza. But we all know that lots of people like pizza. But you're going to miss all of the other people if you don't figure out a way to make that net a little bit wider by playing around with other providers. Yeah, no, exactly. And then, you know, and again, uh, other providers and other areas too. So, you know, a DMP just allows you to find the right people, but there's creative optimization too. So like to your point earlier, are there things that can help make that ad more effective? There are creative optimization technologies that that can help make sure that it understands what ad to serve to the right people once you've figured out who those people are, uh, what type of ad that might be. So it can help really uh, enhance that. There's retargeting and a lot of other technologies that, again, I, I refer to the, the term tech stack in the industry is that what are those technologies you're layering on top of the ability to serve an ad? You know, that's what makes it more engaging, more effective, and can really, uh, you know, increase the performance of your campaigns. So one more question before I let you go, because uh, this one has always kind of been one that I've, I've been interested in. When we talk about retargeting, which is, of course, they see an ad, they do nothing with the ad, then we remind them later that they saw that ad. How important is that to an overall campaign? By by that, I mean, like, how much more incremental traffic do you get by the re-messaging of the people who didn't interact in some way, shape, or form? Well, I mean, there's no standard number for that. I mean, first, no, I know, but I mean, like, just in your theory, like, it's it's a part of a lot of the the things that you do. So you clearly find an importance to it. What would you ascribe that importance being? Well, I think it's uh, to me, it's in terms of display advertising or branding. I mean, it's the most important traffic you can find. I mean, we we kind of reverse engineer plans backwards based on uh, what we believe is going to drive the most success and the most conversions. And if somebody lands on your website and leaves and doesn't accomplish the goal that you wanted them to accomplish, and they leave then you want those people to come back. That person's more important than a new person showing up. If a person walked into your store and didn't buy something and left, that person's more important than the person who's never been there before. Right. You know, so the same concept applies. So I would say that to me, retargeting and, and capturing that traffic and kind of forcing a conversion from them is the most important aspect of, you know, of your display or your digital branding campaign at all. All right, so uh, again, before you go, one place people should go to read about this stuff. Where do you like to go? I like to go to, you know, Digiday. I like Mashable. I like Adweek. It's kind of, it's everywhere. And and really, I think the conversation shifted primarily from programmatic to content, but it's still out there. Um, you know, and I just think that what's so interesting to me is that, you know, we kind of started this talking about how it's come to the local level. You know, programmatic is not going away. It just continues to increase and increase and grow and grow. And it even comes down to more the local level and the way that, you know, even people have more access to it. So it's not going away. It's going to continue to evolve and get better. Uh, it's funny, you know, working for a publisher's site, how often people uh, think that, you know, we want to kind of combat programmatic or that we're against programmatic. But I would tell you that I am fully embracing programmatic because it's here to stay. And I believe that it really puts the power in the consumers, in this case, in terms of our advertisers, in the advertiser's hand to make better decisions, to make better campaigns, uh, to have more hands-on experience, to deliver the right ad to the right people at the right time, which has always been the goal, right? To measure performance with like in a, in a way you've never been able to do it before. But you just have to make sure you're doing it with the right technology or the right 
partners with the right technology. And you've got to make sure that you establish goals and, and KPIs just like you would with any other campaign. Um, so there are some there are some things to watch out for. Um, you know, perhaps you know, and other things that I've heard I've heard you talk about in your other um, you know podcasts, such as you know ad fraud or, or ad blocking. All those things are real things that specifically impact programmatic. But it is here to stay. It is continually growing. Uh, it is a, a, an important piece of, of every digital marketing campaign, and making sure that you're using the right partners, the right technology, with the right people behind them is really the best thing you can be doing. What do you think that will look like when we all kind of adapt to augmented reality? You know, so instead of getting displays on our our mobile devices, whatever that is, we're now getting them in our heads up display, whatever that looks like. What, you know, what is that? As I'm looking at, we're in Grand Rapids right now, right? I'm, I'm looking down Monroe Center. What does that look like in a programmatic landscape? Well, I think it's going to be difficult to tell right now because I think one of the things... Yeah, but guess. <laughs> well, I think... <laughs> Uh, well, I think, again, you know, through the use of, of programmatic technology, I think you're allowed, you're able to serve that ad at the right time, you know, so it's not like you're just buying a share of inventory, you're serving the ad to the person like again, if I look at uh, my augmented reality looking down the street, now that ad is going to be shown when I look at it. You know, and right. it's going to be shown because I looked at it and it's going to be shown to the person who is supposed to see it when they look at it. So, again, you know, I mean, back to minority report days, right? You're walking by that ad is for you. And I think that whether that's the way it is now in programmatic or in, you know, virtual reality uh, coming up with some augmented reality and those things, uh, same concept applies. I think the difficulty we're going to have is, is connecting all those different devices. I mean, that's what we have right now with programmatic. Um, it, it has some issues, you know, with mobile uh, because of the the cookies and the lack of cookies on a mobile device, you know, makes programmatic more difficult. So I think that as you continue to add devices, um, you know, your watch or your your you know your augmented reality, uh, your your glasses or whatever that might be, as you continue to add devices, uh, it gets more and more difficult to connect those devices, which is what you know Google and Facebook do so well with their with the registration data and some things sure. that they have. But that's what makes programmatic. That is one of the challenges with programmatic is making sure that you can connect the person's computer, their desktop, their laptop to that mobile phone, to that tablet at the same time. That's so so would you, you would say then it's fair to say that before we even get to augmented reality, this idea of cross-device platforming is probably what we have to solve first? Yeah, no, that's that's definitely what needs to be solved, definitely, is, is on the horizon, is really connecting those devices together. Um, some of those partners I mentioned, you know, Facebook and, and, and right. Google do it very well yes. because they have all this registration data. They know when you're on each of those devices. Um, but beyond, again, as you talked about earlier, you can reach all those people on Facebook, but the challenge is reaching all those people across devices when they're not just on Facebook. Or what about when they go home, you know, and reaching that person on their television or their monitor, you know, because it's not just a television, right. you know? Yeah. So what about reaching those people there and connecting that device is the same thing. And that inventory is going to be programmatic and is already becoming more programmatic today. Well, I would imagine, you know, again, I, I wasn't anticipating this being so robust, but I would imagine, you know, when you're talking about the monitor or the TV screen, you can't not talk about the refrigerator with a monitor, the yeah. coffee maker with a monitor, the, if you have an alarm, I know a lot of people use their phone, but some people still have an alarm clock, right? Yeah. They, there's so many devices in the home. You're, I mean, for the love of God, you're registered, right? If you're using Nest, yeah. what would prevent Nest, you know, Nest owned by Google, what would prevent them from making that just a little bit bigger and start serving ads to you? Like, hey, did you know it's going to be 70 today? Like, Well, and I, I would take that a step further. So not just serving an ad on Nest, but using the data that Nest provides to serve an ad to the person's television monitor. Tomato, so tomato, what, if, yeah, what if you want to target people whose you know, um, homes are currently not utilizing or the furnace hasn't been set or kicked on yet? I mean, if you're an HVAC, 
you know, business. You want to target those people who haven't kicked their furnace on yet. Maybe there's a problem with that. So Nest could tell you if that furnace has either been set yet or not, or what temperature it's set at or those types of things. So you can use the data coming from Nest to serve those people. And if you could serve that Nest customer on their monitor in their living room or on their watch or on their mobile phone, again, that's about creating an experience that's relevant to that consumer. And and programmatic can connect those things. But again, the next step is going to be using the data in an appropriate way to make sure we understand those devices are all connected to one another. All right, Jeff, what what's your favorite way to be contacted? Like if people want to reach out to you and ask you a question. Well, you can uh, you can email me at jleach at mlive. That's J-L-E-I-T-C-H at mlive.com. Or, you know, again, you said Twitter at the Jeff Leach. Um, yeah, those two things probably work best. All right, man. Thanks for the time today. Thank you. All right, guys. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. It's the Everything is Marketing podcast. As always, you can get me on Twitter at Polymath and Vine or email me. It's eric at mlive.com. Have a great day. We'll talk tomorrow.